0: If that wasn't Michael Myers burning up in that car, then a lot of other kids are going to be slaughtered tonight. He's dead. I saw him. I saw a man in a mask. It was him. I want to believe you, but i got to be sure I can't stop until I'm certain that he's dead. You're talking about him like he's some kind of animal. He was my... Would you keep him back? He was my patient for 15 years. He became an obsession with me until I realized that there was nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason, that wasn't even remotely human. An hour ago, I stood up and, and fired six shots into him. He just got up and walked away. I am talking about the real possibility that he is still out there.
1: <laughs>
2: Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back with the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan.
1: And I'm Greg. It's good to be back with you again for another week of Halloween scary time spooktacular. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Week four. Week four. Happy Halloween. Mm, Happy Halloween. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Big week in Sydney, Tristan. Yeah. Freedom week. Freedom week. We are with freedom of sorts. We can do some things. We can do some things. I've been
2: easing into it. I haven't gone crazy just yet, mm-hmm. but I like the little things. What what things have you eased into? Walking without a mask. Oh, yeah. It's nice. It feels like almost like, you know, you're a bit naked. You feel the wind. Mm, like a
1: freshly, like when you shave or have a haircut.
2: Yeah. Um, we ate at a place.
1: Whoa, you sat down there?
2: Yeah. Wow. Wow. And we went grocery shopping together. All the big Which things. I was less enthused by, yeah. How about you? You made it to the pub, right?
1: Uh, Yes, I had a nachos and and, uh, two schooners. Nice. I'm not an always nachos guy, but damn, these were great nachos.
2: If you're going to be a dad, uh, which you are, you Mm -hmm. need to call it nachos. Nachos. Nachos
1: (laughs) and tacos. Tacos, mate. (laughs) These were some quality nachos. Yeah. I'll get them again. And uh, I'm back at jiu-jitsu once again reminded that I'm terrible at jiu-jitsu.
2: Oh yeah, I went to the gym that was something.
1: You went to the gym of course yeah 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 back in back into the groove, man. It's nice.
2: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Let's talk about Halloween two.
2: Halloween two our, our miniseries here is culminating in the in the halloweeniest of Halloween franchises mm. and true to the name yeah one of one of the best. Ones in the franchise that's not the first one. So there you go. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> oh, when did this one come out? 1981.
1: 81, the year before B, BG. One BG, uh, G being Greg, me. <laughs> um, three BT. Three BT. Yeah, it's true. Three BT. Wasn't that a boy band or was that three T? Five T. Three. Was that a gang? Three
2: T. Five T's the gang. Yeah. Three T's the boy band. Three BT is three years before Tristan. Yeah, cool. People people
1: always get those three things mixed oh, up. Always. And they're often discussed at the same time, which is very confusing. But I know. You know.
2: I get a lot of inquiries, a lot of inquiries about five T. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes get you know, fan mail from from three T.
1: You would have had a five um, T fringe in your in your high school days, I would have thought, at some point. Fangs. Yeah,
2: yeah. My hair was curly though, so whatever I oh. tried to grow a cool <laughs> a cool fringe, it kinda of didn't work. And then no. um even when when it wasn't quite a long fringe, but I did like experiment with the peroxide and shit. Mm. I got my dad to do it to to make my fringe like that orangey color. You know that oh, was yeah. the, the cool thing. He left it in too long, and it basically went white, and I looked like Mister Sheffield. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good. <laughs>
2: Complete opposite of the intended uh, aesthetic.
1: You know uh, a tailor that I that I like in Sydney, Patrick Johnson. They've been referencing. Uh, Maxwell Sheffield is a bit of a style lord, a style icon. Interesting. And I was like, a lot. And then when they posted a bunch of shots, it's all stuff that that they sell, like knitted polos with a collar, like long sleeve.
2: I mean, he was always overshadowed by Miss Fine.
1: Yeah, he was. He had some low key style. Yeah. FYI, I can
2: see that. I can see that.
1: So eighty one, Tristan. Yeah. You know, when we do our member berries, mm. we cast a cast a thought back to the year. This is predating us again back to back. Yeah. We talk a lot about inventions. We talk a lot about TV debuts, ads we love sometimes. I'm mm. going to talk a little something a little bit less tangible today. Okay. Would you believe that 1981 is the birth of the millennial? Right. Yeah. Wow. So it's the first year that is the defined group. Well, in most instances, there was a couple that had it an earlier year, but yeah. broadly accepted as the millennials are born from 1981 to 1996. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? Because I'm Mm. sure you, myself, and other millennials in that are sort of older bracket, you know, we can't, I think we tend to identify, you know, well, in many instances, a bit more Gen X, maybe a little bit more millennial as we've got older, but um, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's
2: also, it's a very broad term, but it's not like, it's not like shit just changed in 81. Like,
1: (laughs) well, that's right. It's all arbitrary. It's also a very big, group a big a large cohort if you will yeah like someone born in 1981 1981 or 82 me mm. um versus someone born in 1996 would have a fairly is it is well is a fairly different life stage for one yeah i would argue very much so uh 14 years younger than me that's mid-20s yeah probably still having a good time gen
2: y is also millennial right are they one-to-one the same thing yeah
1: yeah. Interchangeable terms.
2: So at least we've got the term millennial. One of my gripes with this whole thing is that we've run out of names because then it's, we've got millennial at least but otherwise known as Gen Y, then Gen Z, and now they're going to Gen Alpha. Mm.
1: They're
2: just going back to the beginning of the alphabet. We're using the Greek ones now. It's bullshit.
1: Mm. I like that approach.
2: No, I don't want letters. I want clever names like baby boomers, millennials. Uh, What's the, Fair enough. The builders or something, what yeah, were okay. our
1: grandparents? So like, that shit's cool. So you reckon the guys brought in Generation X, and which at which point was probably still cool. Yeah, for whatever reason, X but then was they cool, went, Oh, yeah. we're just we're just going to run with that
2: because it's a cool letter. But it's not like there was Gen W before that, right? Yeah, it's it's a false. It's it's like a franchise sequel chain gone off the rails.
1: It is. So we had the Lost Generation. Yeah, that's right. Eighty-three to nineteen hundred. The greatest generation, well, I mean, okay, fair enough. You can have your two World Wars champs. That was 1901 (laughs) to 27. Yeah, but we won them. (laughs) We used to win wars back then. Uh, (laughs) We didn't just leave them (laughs) in tatters. Uh, It's very
3: astute
1: on your part. It is very astute. uh, Silent generation, 28 to 45. Boomer's 46 to 64. Oh, wow. So my dad's actually silent generation. He's not even a boomer. Wow. Can't even hit him with the okay boomer. (laughs) That's impressive. Mm.
2: Man, I don't know how you feel, but working in advertising, I I feel what, there's various stages in my life where fucking millennials, this whole concept of millennials has been such a pain in the ass, man. Mm Because it's like working in advertising, especially when we started, when we were young, but also being millennials, the the conversation in the boardrooms were always, how do we get these millennials? How do we get these millennials? Mm -hmm. But it got to the point like five years into our careers or whatever, we're 25, 26, 27, 28, that kind of age group. Most of the people in the meeting are millennials. Yeah. So it's just like we keep talking about this thing like they're a foreign species and I think just this idea of, Buying into the label so hard, like we were saying, that there is such a distinct difference when the clock ticks over to 1981 and there
1: really isn't. Yeah, because from, from a marketing and target audience perspective, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. Why would you ever have something that broad and yet we were so obsessed with we need to understand these millennials. Mm. We are them. They're us. <laughs> um, and then more recently I posted a very popular TikTok uh, recently on our on our TikTok mm-hmm. account, check it out. Uh, it's probably one of the greatest things I've ever made. If potentially one of the greatest videos on the internet, where it's um <laughs> yeah I'll the scene the scene from Big where they where they play on the big Peony, except I dubbed in the uh still Dre into it, and I used the the headline if Big was made by millennials which was not intended to be any kind of exclusionary thing. <laughs> I thought it was perfectly innocent. Yeah, I grew up in the 90s. I liked that song in the 90s. If I made this movie in the 90s, I would have done this. I'm a millennial. Let's just use that phrase because everyone understands it. I mean, I'm going against everything I just said. But, you know, you get what I'm saying. Man, the comments went nuts. All these Gen Xs mm. so offended. Some, some just jokingly, which is fun banter, but others mm. like – <laughs> they just immediately choose
1: hate. Like That's so Gen X.
2: <laughs> if Big was made by millennials, the entire no movie idea. would be arguments about labels. Um, I'm going to read something. What's another one? You mean 80s babies? Millennials wouldn't understand an album that came out in 2001. First of all, 80s babies are millennials, like we're saying, and the album, the song came out in 1999. So don't you fucking explain this to me. I just made that up. Gen X-plain. Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, good, good. And then
2: there's some, like, look at all the goofy Gen X people in the comments getting pissed over us. <laughs> but
1: there's some that get yeah, real, they, like, the, the angry generation, perhaps. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. It's so funny.
1: They're so angry. They are angry. Not quite a boomer, not quite a millennial.
2: Yeah. I think they are really angry. Well, here I go. Now I'm buying into the whole concept again. Anyway, I've completely hijacked your member, Barry, but I had to get it off my chest.
1: No, that's, this is good bands. That's, um, that's the year that it all started. Yeah.
2: And and uh, been the greatest
1: generation ever since. Of all time. I've always identified with Gen X though and so, you know, yeah, whatever. Both. I guess we are at the...
2: Yeah, we talked about this recently too. I think having older siblings helps mm. because they're bringing home the, the CDs. They're bringing home the... Mm. You're getting their hand-me-downs. You're getting very influenced on a day-to-day basis. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, big year for millennials. Big year for a, a real generational shift, you might say, 1981. You might. Yeah, it was also a big year for movies. We've been to this year only, only once before, so we're definitely under indexed. Maybe we need to do a miniseries on 1981 specifically. Mm. But it's the year of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark, the number one film in the world. 1981. Uh, we had a Bond flick number two, For Your Eyes Only. That's
1: a Bond one, isn't it? Sure is. One of my favourites.
2: Superman number two at number three uh, and the list goes on. Our oh, Stripes is in there. A lot of these aren't super interesting. But it was a big year horror as well. Um, Friday the 13th part two came out, playing a little catch up there. Oh, yep. um, mm-hmm. You know, hot on the heels of, of course, the film we're talking about today, which came in at number 31, Halloween 2. About in October, funnily enough, of nineteen eighty one, budget of two point five million dollars. So the, the budget has skyrocketed. Part one, the budget was only three hundred. Remember, they were hand painting mm. leaves to make it look oh,
1: like autumn leaves to make it look autumnal,
2: <laughs> autumnal. Yeah, um, budget of two point five million with a gross of twenty five point five million. Not bad for context. Mm. The original made like sixty or seventy mil, so not not as big. Which did sorry, the original Halloween the original. one, yeah. So not not as big. Um, similar trend when it comes to Rotten Tomato scores with a critic score of 31% and an audience score of 63%. Critic Consensus says Halloween 2 picks up where its predecessor left off and quickly wanders into a dead end that the franchise would spend decades struggling to find its way out of. Mm. A dead end or maybe just an end, which which the franchise would spend decades trying to undo capital probably yeah like that's uh coming from an interesting place that one Mm. fuck you consensus man yeah don't know about that one i'm not saying i love this movie by any means um you i don't think either of us had seen this before this year right
1: no there was parts of it that looked familiar but uh, you know you have probably this i had that too um, yeah yeah maybe it's trope city maybe this is that we've seen you know, little cutouts in yeah in montages over the years, probably.
2: Yeah, I had a moment. We'll get into it much later, but I did have a moment where I was like, "Oh, have I seen this? Oh, it you might did? be no. Yeah, I thought I'd seen it. It might yeah. have been. Maybe I started it after we watched Halloween last year. I don't know. Or maybe the Rob Zombie one is closer. I don't know. But anyway, I had it. I watched it this we'll week for the first know. time. Yeah, we obviously did Halloween one this time last year, and we were both, like, pretty impressed with it.
3: Because I think, not mm-hmm. that we had low
2: expectations. To say the least. To say the least, but it's definitely one of those franchises maybe akin to a uh, a John Rambo first blood kind of thing where the sequels don't mm. necessarily reflect what the the original was. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I just, in my head, Jay, we talked about this last week too, Jason and Michael Myers were kind of interchangeable but that first Halloween, mm-hmm. I dare to say rockdown rocked our world. So I did go on yeah. to watch a bunch of Halloween movies after that last year. Did you watch any all? or saved it all for this year?
1: No, I haven't really. Um, I watched 2018 today, the first half. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted to get a little bit of extra because it is such a, I'm sure we'll talk about the timeline, but yeah. it's just such a wacky, Oh, it's wacky mishmash of it's. It's a very interesting collection of films that have various takes on where they're meant to be in the whole timeline of the story of Michael Myers. Yeah. So I wanted to add something to the conversation today. So I watched 2018. Nice. Which was follows on from number two. Or number from one? number
2: one.
1: Ah, yes. Which raises number, some yeah.
2: issues. I got some questions on that.
1: <laughs> and you've you've gone down a rabbit hole. So what have you watched?
2: So I've I've watched the 2018 one last year. Well what haven't you watched? <laughs> and I, I watched the the Rob Zombie ones last year. I'd seen the first one before, but I rewatched them both. They're fucking brutal, man. Um I know. and then this year, to fill in the gaps. Is that his real name? Uh I assume so. So there's from the zombies mm. down on uh down on eighth. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I watched the zombie one. Yeah. So this year I watched, uh decided to try and fill in the gaps. Um, I watched two, of course. I skipped three because it's a standalone thing, whatever. I wanted to follow the Michael Myers thing. So I watched uh, four, five, six. Six is the one with Paul Rudd. Seven, which is Halloween H2O, which is where the timeline gets all wacky. So the only one I haven't seen at any point, I think, is Halloween. Resurrection, which is the sequel to H2O, which okay. is which is another one that is pretty widely received as bad, following a pretty good one because H2O is received relatively positively. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the same director as this one, so that's interesting. Poor guy. Got a second shot and fails again.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor Get bastard. You laugh. I've
2: got a good background. It's inspiring me. My, my Zoom background, background is uh, – is Michael Myers on fire walking down the hospital hallway uh, with a very scared Laurie Strode. With a scalpel, his weapon of choice in part two, or one of many, Mm. many medical weapons of choice. Uh, Shall I get into the origin story? Please. Origin Story.
1: First one did good, make more.
2: That's pretty much it, man. So Halloween 1 comes out in 1978, huge success, all those numbers we just mentioned before, huge. Wasn't expected to be. This is like John Carpenter at his scrappiest, just wants to make mm-hmm. cool shit. And as far as he's concerned, he made some cool shit. It went surprisingly well. And in his book, that's it, job done. And in those days as well, like sequels weren't really a, as much of a thing. Um you, would, you don't really make things expecting to make sequels in those days. And so especially for someone mm-hmm. like John Carpenter who wants to go on and make now. other versus now, yeah. Especially for someone like John, Mr. Carpenter, who wants to go out and, and, and make all kinds of shit, last thing he wants is to be trapped in a franchise. Mm. Uh, but Hollywood had other plans. So obviously this did fucking well. So so to your point, Greg, dollar signs you know, flip in the eyes of the producers. Um, But he was adamant that he wanted to go on to make something else which would go on to become The Fog. And um, Mm -hmm. he, there's some, John Carpenter's an interesting man. He is, I think he's pissed a lot of people off. (laughs) Mm. Uh, But I like him. But basically he.
1: Does he step to the beat of his own drum?
2: Yeah, and he just doesn't buy it. He's kind of like the George Harrison of the group he doesn't he don't really care <laughs> mm. We're just a band mm. it's just a movie and um basically the, the producer of the first one and then going into the second one Irwin Yablins, was like I feel you man I respect the artistry you go make the fog with us as long and, and we'll produce it and all that shit as long as you make halloween 2 as the next thing after that and He understood that they had a deal, but but then he went and made The Fog with someone else. Carpenter went and made The Fog with someone else. And so Yablins sued that studio and Carpenter and the result of that lawsuit was he was committed, he had to commit to coming back to do Halloween 2. I don't know how specific it gets because he obviously didn't direct it, but he did write it. Mm. But obviously, with that chain of events, he's not coming to the project
1: highly enthused. He,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And he doesn't—he doesn't, he doesn't really care. Um,
1: want to be there
2: exactly. And it feels like I, I don't. Just from different bits and pieces I've picked up, it seems like he kind of he treated this like a uni assignment. He didn't really want to do, and kind of Last just cram- <laughs> crammed it out in one night. Because I think, as well, for him. It's hard to elaborate on a story where part of what you wanted to create of that story is not giving away too much and it's mm-hmm. less is more. So you take this thing that less is more and you want more of that less is more, It's just, that's just yeah, more.
1: That's a, it's very astute on your part. That's just more. <laughs> and Oh, um, well, thank you.
2: So he, he goes away and writes a script. He's, a, he's legally obligated too, not so much passionately so. But the, I guess the other side of that too is that He wasn't against the franchise continuing. He just didn't want to do it. So he's like, I'm happy to let another up-and-coming director fucking have a shot at this now. Like, that was my big break. This could be someone else's big break. So he's not being a total dick. He's just not super emotionally invested in it himself. And so Tommy Lee Wallace, who was a production designer and uh, one of the editors from part one, stepped up to the plate to be the director. Now, context here. Is since nineteen seventy-eight there's there's been a few more horror movies.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: There's been the, the Friday the thirteenth, others. And uh what what this new script needed to account for was, was gore gory inflation. The cost of entry into horror now. Yeah. The gore levels were through the roof. Which again is something that feels quite counter. Blood. They want blood. I'm here for blood, man. Uh, which again feels counter to what uh, the first one stood for. Uh, but Carpenter was was aware that he needed to up his gore game if this movie was going to be competitive in the box office, if it was going to capture the frights and scares of, of America and the world. Um, so he wrote it with that in mind and it did up the gore. And, you know, we'll get into the rewatch, but I'm sure we noticed a bit more gore than there was last time. Oh, did we? But then guess what happens? He hands in this script and Tommy Lee Wallace God bless him, this is his big break. And Erwin Yablins, the producer aforementioned, were not over the moon about what uh, John Carpenter turned in. Here's here's them talking about it and expressing their Mm. disappointment, shall we say.
3: And I was thrilled. It was just, yes, of course, that's a great opportunity. Can't wait. Um, So you can imagine... My dismay when the script came back to me and I read it, and I I just hated it. I
0: personally uh, was not too pleased with the script when I got it. It was pedestrian. It was predictable. I just felt that they were abandoning the essence of the character. That's strode Girl. That's Michael Myers' sister.
3: It felt like everything that Halloween was not. Uh, Sort of the antithesis (laughs) where Halloween got it done with suggestion and shadows and true old school suspense technique. Somehow to me, Halloween 2 was summed up with that like hypodermic in the eyeball. It was just like, eh, ah, come on. The theater of the mind to me
0: has always been something I really, I really love and I, and I've used it. Halloween 1 was born of that idea. And my instructions to Carpenter has been reported many, many times. Was I don't want anyone to see any gore or violence or blood in the movie. Keep it to a minimum. I want it to be theater of the mind. I want people to supply the visual images. And Carpenter understood that perfectly. And therein lies the success of Halloween.
3: John's thinking on the matter was very clear and simple. You can't argue with the fact that since Halloween got made and all these imitators, Friday the 13th, and all the others came along, Horror movies had changed, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it and and really do the the good job that would be expected with deep sincerity. So I felt horrible, but I, uh, I withdrew from the project.
2: Tommy Lee Wallace is out. Interesting. It is interesting because that was from the making of, and when I was watching that earlier today, I was like, here we go, uh, revisionist history at its best, them talking about... You know, some of the stuff that wasn't well-received, they didn't like it from day one. But then he did pull out. That director didn't direct it. So I guess that's true Yeah. to some degree. I mean, I should caveat too that Carpenter doesn't like it either. Mm. Again, I guess he's just writing out of obligation. It's not like this is a story he's been itching to tell. So they pull in another director. I think this guy, Rick Rosenthal, he was an up-and-comer. I think he'd been directing TV, but... Seems like he had the same agent as Carpenter, and so somehow through that connection, Carpenter's like, "Yeah, use this guy." This was his first movie. As I mentioned, he'd go on to do Halloween Resurrection, another one that's nobody's favorite, I don't think, but it does have the lovely Buster mm. Rhymes.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah.
2: Break your neck. And uh, <laughs> I guess I've been teetering around the script itself, but I guess the big idea of the of the script, the plot. Uh, the overall direction was the idea of this being the same night, picks up exactly where the last one left off, a direct continuation, which I think is a smart idea. Nothing wrong with that idea. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, if if you like the first one, you're going to like this because it's literally just a continuation. Yeah. But the nugget that I think became the controversial piece, aside from the gore, in terms of the legacy of this movie and in terms of what, what Carpenter hates about it, that he came up with, was the whole... Laurie Strode being Michael Myers's sister thing. Mm. But that was uh, those two ingredients, I suppose, were the, were the core of the idea. It's a continuation and we find out a shocking twist. No. Yeah. Exciting stuff. We'll unpack that one in the rewatch. But ultimately they get these people, just cram them into a hospital, get Loomis to get Donald Pleasance to shoot a lot of guns, uh, missing a lot of targets. And Bish Bash Bosh you got yourself a movie (laughs) Uh, You do Should we play the trailer
0: I shot him six times I shot him in the heart it! he's not human Universal Pictures
3: presents Halloween 2 More of the night he came home
0: Just no reason that wasn't even remotely human. <laughs> is this Some kind of a joke. I've been triggered treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> Janet, go tell Mr. Garrett we're having trouble with the phones. There is no place to hide. He will always find you. what's this it's a celtic word it means the lord of the dead halloween 2
3: more of the night he came home
2: more (laughs) that should just be the tagline that should be the name more More halloween (laughs) boom makes sense oh man what happened in this movie, Greg Carney? <laughs>
1: um, more. <laughs> uh, okay. More of so, everything. Sorry. More everything. <laughs> We're immediately transported back to Haddonfield, Illinois. It's thirty first of October, nineteen seventy eight. Halloween oh, in bad. the burbs. No yeah. big, no big parties. There's no sexy nurses yet. No sexy vampires. Just a killer. <laughs> An invincible killer. Yeah. He's been shot six times. He's vanished into thin air, leaving in his wake five bodies. But he's not done. He's
2: thirsty for more.
1: More. Our heroine, Laurie Strode, is transported to the nearby hospital after the horrific evening. Dr. Loomis, Michael's longtime doctor and turned assassin. <laughs> or attempted assassinor assassinator. Stays at the scene to try and find Michael. Uh, he's not getting a lot of traction with local law enforcement um, dis- despite the quintuple homicide. Uh, so Michael continues his spree. He moves from house to house, acquiring a kitchen knife. Uh, he learns of lo- uh, Laurie's whereabouts via a news broadcast the local memorial hospital. The perfect setting. To watch some foolish teens drop one by one in exotic circumstances. <laughs> you can fill in the blanks from here. Yeah. <laughs> Finn. More. More of everything. Oh. That was a, a brief one. I think that's what we all deserved.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So how did you feel about it? What was the initial uh, reaction?
1: Not too bad. Like I was going in with very low standards and especially after watching last week, uh, Friday (laughs) the 13th. Yeah. So I enjoyed the continuation aspect. That was cool. Mm. Like it literally starts where, where we left off in the, in the previous, in the previous film, which is nice, you know. Yeah. Most, most sequels, you know, have got some sort of distant take or. Yeah. They're not, the story doesn't flow straight away. So that was kind of interesting. Um, Yeah but you know it it is it does drift a lot more into just generic slasher territory
2: yeah yeah not as far as it would later drift but yeah mm. i think i was similar where yeah it's where I,
1: yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a bridge
2: you can it's it's the first step in what would be a very
1: disappointing journey <laughs> yeah it's the it's step in the wrong direction i didn't yeah. hate it
2: same that's for sure i think i had i had really low expectations too I think because I'd looked at the Rotten Tomato scores and things, that it, it is a significant drop off, but I don't mind it. The other mm. one's just perfection. That's the only issue.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, it's it's fine. Like compared to Halloween one, obviously not as good. Compared to other slasher movies, especially the last ten I watched last week in the Friday the Thirteenth, mm. it's, it's mm. better than better than half of them, I'd say at least. <laughs> I'll, I'll get more into the other sequels later, which is a different story. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, there was – it was in some ways it's, – it's probably the closest one that's that's tonally and aesthetically similar to the first one. But right from the get-go, there is like a bit of a shift. Yeah. you know how in the beginning it, it kind of recaps the end of the last one? The music's different and it feels a bit more like the less is more thing has already gone. So I went – Mm-hmm. I pressed play and I was like, I think this is different. And so I went back and watched the end of Halloween 1. Oh, nice. I did intend to watch all of Halloween 1 again, but I didn't get a chance. And um, I was watching all the shit ones. And um, it was, Ooh. the music was different. It was a lot more hectic. Sandman. A lot more going on. Oh, the Sandman came back, but it was more like. Was that in the first one? I think so. I think it's the beginning of the, it's in, I think the beginning. I can't remember. But... um. It was good when, when they're recapping, you know, the final fight. Basically, the music's completely yeah. different, and it's not even recapping; it's re-showing it. So it's it's interesting that mm. they d- decided to put different music over the top. Mm. Right. Well, it's still the it's still got uh, John Carpenter's score and everything. So it's it was still so, yeah. within that realm. It wasn't like it's they great. suddenly they didn't do like a Suicide Squad and and throw on an an ironic '70s jam or something like that. But, yeah, so I was like, okay, this is going to be a little bit different manager expectations. But, yeah, I did like how it just kind of continued. It was neat. It was neat. Neato. It was real neato. Um, well, I think the parts of this movie I like uh, where it kind of, yes, ends the first one, but not so much in terms of the story of Michael Myers, but more in terms of, okay, if this really happened, what might be some other implications? One being... Another trick or treater wearing the same mask, getting killed by accident. You know, that kind of shit. That was like, oh, this is mm. interesting. Heartbreaking. <laughs> the poor guy, man.
1: Yeah, he was like 17. <laughs> he got hit by a car and then burnt alive. And Loomis really is nice.
2: like so trigger happy. He's so ready. He's like, oh, I'll fucking catch you. <laughs> it's got blonde hair.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's Loomis, a different one. Mate, Michael's not the only guy needing to be locked up. Yeah, unhinged.
2: Unhinged. But he knew. And he, it's he, he knew. <laughs> but as as tragic as that is, that's an interesting little spin on. Oh, okay, well, if this really happened, yeah, that would probably fucking happen. Also, that van just explodes on impact. They don't make him like. It, it
1: was. It was carrying dynamite.
2: <laughs> All right, of course, of course, it's cannons, Halloween
1: dynamite.
2: <laughs> Halloween dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the deaths are funnier. The murders are funnier. Um, not in a sadistic way. It's just funny how they cram these elaborate scenarios in, like a hot tub death in a hospital. I, like and it, you
1: know what? <laughs> and, it could have been better.
2: Yeah, because I, okay, so it goes up to 140 us, one hundred and forty degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, so um, old mate at the hospital, I guess he's a paramedic or something, and um, he's got he's hooking up with a nurse on the it's regular. Punching. It seems uh, he's definitely punching. It's the old trope where, of course. Uh, she wants to bang him because why not? And um, so they meet in, I guess, yeah, what that's is what some
1: men and women do when they're alone in a dark hospital, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah. assume. laughs> it is a dark hospital, very poorly lit, terrible for surgery.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> well, they get into some sort of therapeutic tub, I suppose. Um, hmm. But they treat it like a hot tub, and they <laughs> they they're about to get it on. Uh, but Michael Myers has other plans, and he he, he murders them all. They got murdered. <laughs> they got deaded. But here's the thing: that hot tub. John Coffee is on my. He turns home. it. He turns it up. To and it goes all the way up to 140 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 60 degrees Celsius. Is that enough to melt Ooh. your face off?
1: Well, water boils at what 100 degrees?
2: Yeah, so almost a bit more than half that. I feel like we've hit 60 degrees as a weather temperature somewhere in the world.
1: Yeah, thirty. We've hit so, 50. Uh, I think. I think like. Thirty degrees is a pretty warm spa, I think.
2: I don't think so. I think it's hotter. Is it? I've, I remember from being a child, whenever I would look you at the temperature. From being on a, a child? Because <laughs> pools the water temperature is always colder than you think. When you say that it's like, oh, the water temperature is twenty-five, that sounds nice. You get in and you're like, ooh, it's a bit nipply.
1: Thirty-seven to thirty-eight is the uh, It's only twenty is degrees the, warmer. Than a spa.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael, you gotta, yeah. you got to do more than that. Maybe he
1: thought it was Celsius.
2: <laughs> what he Plot thinks twist. doesn't change. Well, her face melts. So it's not yeah, even down to what he thinks. And I guess it's a good – and there's lots of syringes and shit in the deaths that follow. And I guess that one is the best example. But the deaths get more elaborate, which at first I was like a bit like everything was set up until this point. It feels a bit too far away from the first one. But then again I was thinking maybe that kind of works, like – this guy is pure evil. In the first one, it's more just pure functional murders and now he's getting a bit more, it's it's more evil in that it's, is he enjoying this, enjoying killing people in different ways? And so it's almost an arc, a, a character arc um, mm. of getting more and more evil, like getting more. He's learning to plain. like it. Yeah. Um, although I don't know where he learned all this medical shit because I think one of, Seems like one of the nurses he kills by just letting her blood out. Like he he hooks her up to yeah. a drip or something. That's not easy to do, is it? Surely.
1: Well, he was in a sanitarium.
2: He <laughs> 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 was a You said sanitarium.
1: I said yeah. sanitarium. Okay. Okay. So he maybe he <laughs> spent some time with Scarface. Maybe. I'm Mike Myers, political prisoner from Haddonfield.
2: should we i got a little clip of mike uh sorry michael myers i got a little clip of john carpenter talking about this movie do you want to hear what he has to say
1: i do i do
0: once you had done halloween were you at all no more halloween well i said that for quite a while there are two sides to one when you work in the movie business one is as an artist or you think of yourself as a creative person and the other side is a business person I let my uh, producer side come out when they offered me the sequels to Halloween. They offered a nice sum of money. And I also had a lot of hope um, for giving new directors a chance to make films as I had been given a chance with low-budget films. And the directors who did two and three, Rick Rosenthal and Tommy Wallace, were what they were given was a budget and in some cases a script. And, okay, here are the rules of the game. Make your movie. No one's going to bother you. It doesn't always work. I thought Halloween 3 was excellent. I really like that film because it's different. It has a real nice feel to it. I think Mm -hmm. he's a talented director. On the other hand, I think Halloween 2 is is an abomination and a horrible movie. I was really disappointed in it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the director has gone on and done some other films. I think his career is launched now. But I don't think he had a feel for the material. Yeah. I think that's the problem. He didn't have a feeling for what was going on. And that is vital. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Got to have a feeling.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't realize that um, the guy that pulled out of doing this one, Tommy Lee Wallace, did do Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, the one that Carpenter likes. So maybe the biggest tragedy of this movie is that Tommy Lee Wallace pulled out. If he seems to understand more of the, uh, can tap into the carpenter, ove, you know, maybe he was the man for the job. Actually,
1: yeah. So tell me again. So you've got, you've got carpenter as your EP.
2: Yeah, some form of producer type, some yeah. sort
1: of producer. But he's obviously hasn't got the final say on bits and pieces because if he's directing, ah, uh, sorry, if he's producing, he's got old mate directing it before he bails.
2: Yeah.
1: There must have been, you know, the the, the studio or whoever's giving enough influence on this for the director to go, you know what, I reckon this is going to be shit, I'm bailing. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: and I think he's talking about all the sequels too. So I think his name is on there as producer for like all of them. But I don't Mm -hmm. think he had any, I don't know if it's just one of those things they have to credit him for the rights or something or if he actually has... Maybe he just helps choose the team and then gets out of there. I don't know. It's Maybe
1: probably helps at the you know when you're selling the thing to say yeah John yeah Carpenter's that he's involved
2: to he's gonna he's gonna stay there. You know it's like if you if if um if if your business gets acquired and you have to stay on as the leader for the next five years so it doesn't mm. fall apart. It's probably like that. A mm. movie a franchise is a business. You need mm. to know that the 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 guy the brains behind it's still there before so business. Yeah, it's all business. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about the brother sister thing?
1: Uh, well, it didn't bother me that much because I always used to think they were related anyway. Yeah, I think, I think I'd the same. seen the later ones or part of the later ones. So I just assumed they were brother and sister. And then I watched the first one and probably didn't really register that they weren't. That they weren't, yeah. So it wasn't a big thing for me.
2: Yeah, I think we talked about it last time and then that's a year ago, so I don't really remember. And then before mm. I watched this, I was going into it thinking, Are they already brother and sister or is that the one is this the one where that comes up? I'm kind of the same. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't go, oh, oh fucking so mm. twisted. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't hate it. I, I think Pre-city. it's probably just a I think it's just because it's the thing that the rest of the sequels seem to latch onto. Is kind of shitty. Mm. I think I guess the only reason I don't love it as well is that it does start to give maybe too much background on Michael Myers, where you, part of the part of the magic is that you don't really know what, what the girl yeah. is. But I can imagine yeah. why he I can kind of imagine why he had to do it though, because why else would he go to the hospital like why is he targeting her? Or even still, maybe you don't need to know. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Also to note, and I think Carpenter has has cited this himself, one of the Star Wars, which one? Empire Strikes Back? The one where it's uh, I'm your father. That had just come out too. That had just come Uh, out too. And 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 so this whole yeah,
1: filial revelation revelations were on trend. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And Star Wars is the worst at it, man. The worst and I'm the, we're not Star Warsmen, we're not, we're not, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't have huge opinions on the Star Wars-y uh, world, but part of the reason I think I don't is because the whole plot is based on people being related to each other. It's just so boring to me. Even that last one, mm. the last one, I haven't seen it, but the last one, it turns out that the main chick in that is the daughter of the bad guy from the first. Like it's just, why? Is
1: she? Ray. Yeah. Spoiled it. But why? Well look, I've got to say that it's it's popular. You know, there's a lot of movies out there, short films, um, so of an erotic nature these days, that are, <laughs> that are predicated step, on step brother and stepsister interactions.
2: I can get into that though.
1: It's actually it's <laughs> the, quite quite common commonly the most popular category on Pornhub.
2: Look, I love those short art house films too. But when you're talking about a
1: blockbuster.
2: I think you've got mm. to go with something a bit more. Dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper, man.
1: What about a three way with two stepsisters? <laughs> now you're talking. There you go. See,
2: this, if we need you in the writer's room. Wow. I would love to see that. You're in the writer's room <laughs> pitch, pitching <laughs> these things with the throwing, sticking pencils in the roof, throwing pencils up. <laughs> All right, guys, hear me out. <laughs> and they send you out to ball? buy sandwiches. Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is all the way across town. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Uh, uh, 3
2: steps <laughs> <laughs> This guy's got it. More, more. <laughs> more everything. Because I've been doing the whole um, John Carpenter thing as well. I've been watching a lot of John Carpenter movies. Oh, yeah. And yeah. – um, because Blank Check is doing it, obviously, great podcast. You probably already listened to it. Um, They're doing it. They're doing all the John Carpenter movies, and so I've been watching them. And its it's, I've revealed to myself, or he's revealed to me, I don't know. I've come to the realisation that I think what I love about him is the whole less is more thing. There's no, Mm. pretty much none of the movies except for maybe Escape from New York in the opening. There's no exposition. You're just kind of dropped into a thing and a bunch of stuff happens, and you're just forced to deal with it. Um, often there's no backstory, like the thing is very similar to this in that there's no, you don't know what the thing is, you don't know what Michael Myers is, it's just this stuff happens and it also makes you realise you don't need to know all those other things.
1: Mm. Let the imagination go to work. Yeah, so he's
2: he's kind of the the anti-Nolan in many ways. Because, mm. you know, Nolan's
1: always like, we've
2: well, we, we, we got to explain why Batman has ears. Put antennas in there. No, oh, man, just let us like wrestle with it ourselves.
1: <laughs> He's a bat man.
2: He's a Batman, man, So I think this is why I've really warmed it to him. Mm. Now, I've got to say I've watched a few now and I don't love them all, but I think the ones I do love, that's definitely a big part of it. It's definitely a big
1: part of it. Mm. Yeah, I like yeah,
2: it. Yeah, yeah. But that is not to say I don't like this movie. I just don't, I just don't love it. I watched a lot mm. of the sequels, as we mentioned, which I think also raised the score a little bit for me maybe on this one, <laughs> relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah. It's just the first two are just in a completely different league to the rest of them a- aside from um, to get to the later 90s. But there's a lot of junk, man.
1: It's, in, it's interesting because it's driven, you know, it, in a lot of instances they're, they're driven by commercial. Yeah. Targets. Yeah. Which ultimately mars the craft. Like you look at the timeline yeah. of horror films and slashes, obviously, you know, this was early Slasher, uh, you know, well, 78 was. Mm. The Chainsaw Massacre was apparently the first one. I always have thought it was, well, I, I assumed it was Halloween, but apparently it was Chainsaw Massacre back in like 74, I think.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then obviously we talked about Halloween and all the, reasons that was new and groundbreaking and you know it brought the 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 horror to the neighborhood and out you yeah know, before that it was monsters and and that was sort of the prior trend and then we had all the slashes that got done to death excuse the pun yeah and then the evolutions beyond that you know we had there's there's a few but if you look at like uh saw and hostel and all those like Gornography yeah. sort of ones. This is almost like a version of that in that they had the sort of more cerebral, less is more approach. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know what, people actually really like blood, so you got to put a heap more killing. I need more killing. I need more um, elaborate deaths. Yeah. So there's just a market. People like that shit. People love it, man. Th- those um, – Can't they both co- – can't they just coexist as different movies?
2: Yeah, because – I mean maybe there's a good segue into the 2018 one cuz yeah I'd love your what from what you've seen so far if you had to choose you know you don't have to choose uh, but if yeah, you did they have to coexist choose
1: in the same, same film
2: Yeah so basically the 2018 film is Halloween 2 is a replacement of Halloween 2 mm. So what for basically what you've seen so far what do you feel is a better sequel to Halloween 1
1: uh, the new, what I was watching in the new one, yeah,
2: yeah. I think it feels more interesting to leave something alone for forty years to and come back. It's mm. the complete opposite. I just said I, what I liked about this is it picks up immediately where it left off. Mm. <laughs> but then the new one waits forty years. So I guess they're yeah. completely opposing things. But um,
1: <laughs> timing-wise, they both work, right? Like they're both interesting. Yeah. Doing okay. it straight after is interesting. Doing it forty years later is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, but it seemed a better. Like it, I, it was. It seemed a little bit. I don't know. It's made for today's audience. You know, that's the other thing. These these trends. You know, old scary movies aren't really that scary for us now when you watch them, because that's what you reminded of the way me they're of. they're made and said they, it. they tap into whatever's working at the time, whether yeah. it's thematically around. You know, Exorcist. That era was always around hell and and, you know, Omen and all those films. This was like a slashery era. Yeah. So the, the, the styles of how they execute change as well.
2: Which I kind of like because that's what made me think of it when you were talking about the different um, styles over the decades and things, which is, you know, like Halloween H2O is very 90s. It almost looks like an episode of like 90210 or something. Mm. So tonally very different to Halloween 1. Yeah, it does, yeah. But also, I don't know, maybe – I kind of like the idea of a franchise where each sequel is expressed through the the language of the day. Mm. So I wouldn't mind if I wouldn't mind if the new the 2018 one was tied to H2O so then it's like every 20 years kind of thing like a 7 Up <laughs> you know that's yeah, not bad. Yeah. Um yeah. but it doesn't work that way. And I I watched that last year but I I haven't watched it this year so I don't remember a lot of it. So when you said you were watching it I watched um one of those, you know, the Cinema Sins YouTube channel, and it's like everything wrong with this movie, no, and it I just seen it. Uh, they they did it for this. They're usually they're overly critical. Like most of it's just funny. It's just a chance to make fun of any movie. Mm-hmm. But some of the sins in this in in the 2018 one, they raise a good point because if you ignore all the sequels aside from the first one, so if if 2018 Halloween is a direct sequel to the first one, Jason only killed like five people which don't get me wrong, hey, any any murder is bad, but in terms of his notoriety and... Michael? To, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Michael Myers yeah. in terms of killing people. Like he wouldn't even be anywhere near the top of the list in terms of mass murderers and that kind of thing. And mm. very unlikely that a podcaster would go, oh, this is, oh, this is, everyone wants to know about Michael Myers. Like no one would really care, which is, which is interesting. But uh, the other thing I... That, that reminded me of because it was talking about the podcasting angle and <laughs> how two of the early characters in the movie are podcasters. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed this because we're both <laughs> we're both also watching Only Murders in the Building, which is also about podcasters. Yeah. But I think podcasting in movies in the in the 2010s is like hacking in movies in the 90s. It's it's the representation of podcasting in movies, how they visually represent it. It's not anything like actually podcasting because they're always out on the go. He's like yeah. in his car speaking into a microphone. And uh, in Only Murders in the Building, same thing. They're like, he's talking into his phone half the time, just catching random things. That's not how you podcast, man. I get it. It's well, boring watching people actually podcast, but it's, it's pretty funny. We've become, we're part
1: of a trope. <laughs> we are. Maybe it's specific to murder podcasts. So maybe the yeah the serial yeah because the investigative yeah wear scarves more than we do for instance. (laughs) It's true. You're wearing scarves.
2: Yeah, that's 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 a trope too, isn't it? It's the hacking of 2010.
1: It is. Don't you hate it when you're on a beach and your Wi-Fi? What does he say? Your modem cuts out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like. He recognised her as a hacker because we're the only two with our modems on the beach or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Talking was about the, the net, net, of course. The net. The net.
1: Sandra Bullock, classic. <laughs>
2: um, but you're right. I guess there's a there's a choice there with true crime podcasts where they want to sound a bit on the go like investigative mm. journalists and that kind of thing. So yeah, maybe, investigative. maybe. Investigative. perhaps,
1: perhaps. They always work in twos. That was good. That, we fit the trope. There's two of us. Yeah,
2: yeah that works, that works. There's three in Only Murders in the Building.
1: I'm really enjoying
2: that show, by the way, Only Murders in the Building. Watch it. It's on Disney Plus. It's Australia. great,
1: isn't it? Martin Short's a delight. Carol laughs at everything he says and then repeats me what too. he said. Back to me, me
2: too. I do that <laughs> because I just, I can't, I, I've i never been a real Martin Shortman and and now I'm like, what, what have I been missing? This guy is.
1: He's glorious in it.
2: He's so glorious. He only eats dip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because he's poor. I've got. I've been there, man. He, yeah, you know that. You, can, <laughs> you want to reach out to him and connect him with canned meats.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> he's um oh man, that character is so good. You're right. He's I think you you said he, he's got to better get some noms for that cuz it's pretty yeah. outstanding.
2: Amazing. So amazing. I I actually there are not many things where I legitimately laugh out loud much these days, but that I
1: laugh. I burst. It's all it's all low key as well. Like he he's the the, the lines It's come little thick character and fast. things. You miss yeah. them. I think that's why BY Cal repeats all more back to me in case <laughs> I miss them because I'm not laughing as loud as her. But whatever. Yeah, I do that
2: to Ara. I do that to Ara. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
2: God. Yeah. Imagine watching it with both of us. It's <laughs> uh, funny. Can I should I do a little uh, so I've watched a lot of the 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 sequels. Um, mm. I won't recap them all per se, but I'll just give you a bit of a sense of I guess in, in in an effort to give you an indication of where it starts to fall down without giving away too many
1: spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need this. The world needs this.
2: Yeah. So there's a few things. Um, from an aesthetic point of view, that the tone, the vibe is completely gone after this one. It already starts to fade a little in this, but it, compared to the rest, the first two actually do work quite well compared to the rest. Um, but, yeah, tonally it just completely slides into generic 80s horror vibe. Mm. Um, and even some of the, like the mask. We talked a lot about the mask in the the first movie we covered a year ago, obviously made from Shatner's shitty mask, a shitty Shatner mask. But it's Mm -hmm. like in the latest sequels, instead of just making the mask from the Shatner mask, they've just made a mask that's similar, but it doesn't. It probably costs more to make and everything too, but it just doesn't. Mm, I bet. And it just doesn't look right. Not that it just looks a bit different. It just, there's some kind of weird magic that happens with, the original mask that isn't there, mm-hmm. and I think there's different actors that play Michael, so he doesn't even appear as scary in some ways, like the stature and I guess maybe how he's directed. So, and those those are small potatoes, really, because it also just goes completely off the wall.
1: Just um, so just quickly on that, it, it, the whole not using the same guy. Like I get it; it's probably easier. You can just plug in X stuntman, yeah. But it does like surely there's got to be some criteria for a bit of consistency, you know? Yeah.
2: In the Rob Zombie ones, they got, um, I think it was one of those wrestlers. He's huge. So he's very like physically imposing presence.
1: It's Which one? The Undertaker? Terrifying. He's a very large man. Large man.
2: It's more Jack. It's not just, um, who is it? Oh, Tyler Maine. Who's that? Retired professional wrestler. Oh, so yeah his wrestling name was Taylor Maine,
1: Daryl Carolat.
2: Look how oh
1: he's, he's huge, two meters and six centimeters. What's that in feet? One hundred and thirty four kilos and two metres. That's like seven foot, isn't
2: it? Yeah, he's a big fella, man. So again, the Rob Zombie one is a, is a very different take. There's more backstory. So again, not very um, carpentry, but mm-hmm. the presence of Michael Myers himself is felt. In a big way. Mm. Fucking terrifying. And then you got Loomis, um, Donald Pleasance, which is so funny to me because he he reluctantly signs up to the first movie, like he's, you know, too much of a serious actor for this. But he's in more movies. He pretty obviously dies in this movie, right? He blows himself up. Yeah. Like fucking jaws. Mm. And um, I mean Michael Myers pretty obviously dies too, but at least he's some kind of supernatural, maybe I don't know. Mm. But Donald Pleasance is in number four, just with a little some scarring on the cheek. Oh, and then as and as yeah, just a little scarring. His hands perfect, everything else perfect. Good just for a little, him.
1: Little scarring, good for maybe him. Maybe he's the real Michael Myers.
2: He's in like three more too, and the scars fade by the last one. He's just he looks great. He's really old though. He's nearly dead. He dies before it comes out. But um, anyway, his character too. He just gets like. Not in a good way, not in like, oh, this is an interesting character arc. He gets just crazier, like a caricature, just like (laughs) really trigger happy. He's like shaking a kid like, where is it?
1: (laughs) It's so funny. Descent into madness.
2: Yeah. And there's a way to do that right that I would enjoy. Like maybe they could do Loomis the bounty hunter where he he hunts down all all the patients he's failed and just tries to
1: kill them. What do you get like a little dog? Yeah. little A little side plat like Dog, the bounty <laughs> yeah, hunter.
2: Grow out the banks, all the banks. Why'd you disrespect me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Get six bullets and they send him on his way to hunt them down. Um, I'd watch that but instead we've got a bunch of other sequels. Um, also Laurie Strode is out of the picture by number four and so they have to come up with all these ways to A, write her out of it. So she dies in a car accident in between movies. Oh, But then... They have to kind of have the family tree still present, so they come up with all these convoluted things. So she had a daughter, but then she died, and so the girl that Laurie babysits in part one adopts the daughter or something. It's like in the spinoff of um, it's like the the American Pie spinoffs, where there's always like Stifler's got a cousin <laughs> in each of them. It's like yeah, that kind it's of just, just it's a, just a token guys, gesture. Dad, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone, someone like that shows up. Says so like, "See, it's a sequel. They're all
1: related." I'm still here.
2: <laughs> Paul Rudd is in number six, and he's not—he's not full Rudd yet. So he's playing a very serious, very earnestly. There's pockets of Rudd that show up. I posted one on uh, the ground the other day. It's so funny. Oh, I missed it. But otherwise, very serious and very not good. It's his first movie, I think, and that movie oh, is fascinating. It's one of the. It's, it's one of the more entertaining movies because um, the ones before it were very boring. You don't can't even really follow what's going on. It's it's now Laurie's daughter and all this shit, and uh, she's she's got some psychic connection to to Michael and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to Rudd's one, it's a cult, and there's some explanation for who Michael Myers is or how he became what he is, and they're trying to find another baby to sacrifice and like. All this convoluted shit, which again is, is completely opposite Strip to everything it that's, that's mm. great about the first one. I was thinking it's like, you know, if someone decided to make a sequel to Seinfeld and said, okay, hear me out, what if it was a show about something? <laughs> You're doing the opposite, that's the opposite. <laughs> so the thing, they fill it with all these things, more mm.
1: More, 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 <laughs> more everything. And it wasn't very good. It's interesting that just it's just so interesting that, as you say, it's the direct opposite of the yeah. original.
2: And they know this because then they keep making new sequels that ignore other sequels. So it's, it's not just the 2018 one that ignores mm. previous sequels, even from H2O. So basically, I've I've broken down after seeing all of them except Resurrection. I've broken down – it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure in terms of what you choose to be the official Halloween canon, which I kind of like the mm. idea of, that there's a bunch out there and you can you can choose which ones mm. uh, make up the story you want. It's kind of modular, mm. you know. It's like oh. buying a modular couch. <laughs> and you, Set
1: it up <laughs> as you see fit.
2: Exactly. So you can choose Halloween one and Halloween one only. That's one option. Not a bad option. That's probably the – highest quality option. You can choose Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, not bad, a little pairing, This one night. Mm-hmm. You could watch that in one sitting maybe on a Halloween. Um, you could go Halloween 1, 2 and 4 oh, yeah. as a trilogy, as a trilogy it kind of works. <laughs> um, it introduces the little girl but the ending kind of ties it all back so it kind of works as a trilogy. Um, you could do Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5 and 6 which is from 1 to Rudd getting into all the craziness of the mm. – and then you're just kind of – you're on a, you're going on a wacky adventure. Mm-hmm. If you're more into Halloween H2O you can do 1, 2 and 7. 7 is H2O. And if you like H2O, Sequel Resurrection, you can do 1, 2, 7, 8.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. 1, 2, 7, 8. Classic.
2: If you're a fan of the new 2018 one, you can do Halloween 1, Halloween 2018 and the one that's about to come out, which maybe has just come out by the time you hear this, Halloween Kills, you could do that as a trilogy mm. or you could just watch the Paul Rudd one. That's, that's the other uh, final one. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: just uh, all the Rob Zombie rom-com. ones, that's the other one. Yeah, just not as a rom-com. Unfortunately, if only, he doesn't even dance.
1: Oh.
2: <sighs> what a shame. Does he smile? Yeah, he seems like he's going to be the bad guy at first. Oh, yeah, and he sorry, Paul Rudd in that movie is playing one of the kids that Laurie Strode babysat in the first one because it has to connect. Of course. It has to. (laughs) And Jim's dad's there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll just say we killed them all.
2: (laughs) This might be the first franchise to ignore other movies in the franchise though, I think. It's become more popular now, I think, with the terminators and whatnot.
1: Yeah, well, they're just like fuck it. Yeah, we'll get the banking of the name without the hassle of trying to make it connect. Just free, free reign.
2: Or they just choose which one it connects to. It's like Halloween yeah. Dark Fate supposed to be the third one, but I,
1: I kind of just
2: I feel like it's a too much of an easy way out. It's like no, you oh, live with your mistakes.
1: No, no disagreement here. Re- rewriting history?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, Stallone's even re-releasing uh, Rocky 4 isn't he now? There's
1: no rules, Tristan.
2: Yeah, he's editing out the robot. <laughs> There's no rules anymore. We know we're living in a society. <laughs> oh, man. Apparently Rocky Five. No, apparently Rocky Balboa ignores Rocky Five. That was one I wasn't familiar with. I was looking these up today.
1: Oh, yeah. Walkie Fires with Tommy Morrison, isn't it? Yeah. I think so.
2: Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier ignores a few. Jaws, there's a few. Superman. Yeah, there's a few franchises where they do it these days. But um, whatever. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Should we get into verdict? Yeah, I just got one thing to say. Yeah. This Loomis guy, he's sort of, you know, he's meant to be the guy, the one guy that's sort of in the know and keeping things... <laughs> Kind of not together, but kind of you know he's getting closer to killing Michael. After he couldn't take him down with a six shooter, (laughs) I don't know. Like I get it, it's night time. Why don't you just what? You just get another six shooter? Like,
2: yeah, I don't know. He's supposed to be this doctor. I would. I want to see him at his day job. And do they all just like treat him as oh Loomis? Yeah, he doesn't even Mm. really work here. He's not actually. He's meant
1: to be the smart one, (laughs) and he's not at all. There's a lot of stupidity here. Anyway.
2: Actually, one other thing before uh, verdict a real trope alert here, trope alert, well, well, is uh, what it always drives me nuts and this time I remember to write it down. It's in lots of things. Is Laurie's in the elevator, Michael Myers chases up to the closing door of the elevator, puts his hand in and it closes in his hand and he pulls his hand out. That's not how elevators work.
1: Well. Did you not remember the UM slash Media Brands Elevator at 100 Charmer Street? <laughs> yeah, give you a real That fucker will shove. take you apart, man. It just <laughs> yeah. didn't stop. Yeah, right. Only when you're holding a So clock. you're right. It, in most... In- <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, but it reopens again after it pushes you.
1: After it kills you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true.
2: Whereas this, man, and also you can just press the button and it'll open again. It hasn't left yet. And it happens in so many things and it drives me nuts. Oh, there's always a chase... And um, they run into the elevator and they're pushing the buttons and the doors. Why wouldn't the door open? You get so many chances.
1: I hate it. Do you want to hear my funny elevator press the button story at Jama <laughs> yes. Street? So okay. there was a, a lady This was our who, old
2: office, by the way, for those playing. Yeah. Game, where we used to work together. So there was, a,
1: <laughs> there was a lady, two ladies in the elevator. Like a one was the old angry finance lady and one was one of the younger girls in the team. Yeah. And I was sort of walking up and… Yeah, I was about, you know, five metres from the door and the door started sort of – and one of them reached over to press what I assume was pressing – she's pressing the button, and I sort of just got there and I was like, oh, thanks. And the other – the young girl was sort of looking like this, like wide-eyed, sort of surprised, and then the other one gets <laughs> out on the first level, level one. She's on like view, she's and yeah, she was pressing close. And she goes, yeah, and she goes, she was pressing close. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just me, like just catching the lift. Like I wasn't miles away saying, "Hold the lift." Yeah, and, and, and was, she's pressing it she's like pressing that. She's pressing close, like over and over to get. She's pressing it clothes like, on me.
2: Wow! Wow! wow, wow, wow. She's pressing it like that. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah.
1: Cold man. She's what, a, cold what lady. an
2: asshole. Who was it? Is anyone I know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> was it actually? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she was like the meanest finance lady you could ever imagine. Yeah. Anyway, verdict.
3: Let's
2: get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really.
3: I don't remember asking you a goddamn
0: thing. I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you saying?
1: What again. Say what again? I did nothing further, Your Honor. And that's all I had to say
2: about that. For me, I, I mentioned all those different bloody ways you could look at choose your own adventure in the franchise. I don't, I don't think this is a must-watch, but I think it kind of works as as a as a duo. Like if you could watch, you could have. You could watch it with a few mates. You could have, you could watch the first two or maybe as a romantic night, you know, like watch curl up with your loved one and mm. watch scary movies. Watch both in one night and if you start getting a bit drunk or fall asleep halfway through the second one, not a big deal. Mm. But you watch the first one in a more, you know, ineb- not inebriated mm-hmm. <laughs> and then by the second one you're probably like not paying a huge amount of attention. Mm. That's okay. You, and might it's, getting, it's more just, you might
1: be getting some hanky panky on the couch by the second one.
2: Getting the old hanky panky going.
1: The first one will put him in the mood.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh how about you, Greg? What's your verdict on this one?
1: Yeah, like it's okay. I like I think next to this first one it's a you 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 it's a distant departure. It's not bad for yeah. what it is. But it is in a different category to the first one. and, you know, no, yeah. no, no doubt. It's a slasher full of dumb teens running around and, and a couple of sets of tits, versus all the suspense and and just genius behind the first one. So, yeah, yeah. Probably line ball with Jason last week. Maybe a little better.
2: Well, but Jason wasn't in the one last week.
1: Yeah, sorry, Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Just in terms of my overall experience,
2: because that was one of my things I was going to say was um. Aside from this one, later sequels, I think most of the um, Jason ones are better than all those ones I just went through. Yeah, right. Because at least they f- they found something to do with Jason when they got to the f- the more kitschy, campy stuff, like when he comes out like James Bond, and you know, it just gets so silly that oh, we found our thing, that was good. Whereas this <laughs> yeah. just aimlessly kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This just this just kept going, and there was nothing. What, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. Um, did Simpsons do it? I think we covered this last time. So, more of the same there. Um, yeah, he's got various cameos. Um, yeah. He doesn't talk. doesn't talk. So, there's not much we can do audibly here. Porn parody. Eh, I don't want to look that up. It's too gross.
1: He did have, he's got a body of work. I remember from last time.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Bechdel test. Oh, I don't believe so. There may be technicalities somewhere in there. I don't mm. think so
1: we we'll go with no. we we'll
2: go with no. <clears throat> FX test was pretty good, man. I think that a lot of the stabbings and needles and all that. There was one directly in the eye and shit. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. Mm. Gotcha. A couple hey, of good gotcha. ones. Lifting yeah. her up
1: with the scalpel was good. Oh, yeah. In oh, the back. Oh, like death on a stick. And actually him
2: coming out on fire too was pretty legit. That mm. seemed like a long take him walking out on fire.
1: Yeah, I liked it. I like a good firewalk.
2: MVP, I'll give it to uh Jamie Lee Curtis, why not? Yeah. Yeah, it's just pretty good.
1: She's pretty gamatose most of the movie.
2: Yeah. She's pretty funny, man. I was watching um it must have been it must have been an interview for the twenty eighteen Halloween and someone asked her about Halloween Resurrection, which was the one after H2O, and she basically just unleashed on the producers like, it was fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> it was great yeah. because she, it was her idea. She instigated it. She's like, oh, it's been 20 years since the first Halloween. Uh, we're in this unique case where pretty much all of us, John Carpenter, her and everyone, are more famous than they were when it first came out. Like what if we did a new one? And so she did get John Carpenter involved initially. Then it all started to fall apart because he was less involved and then they found out there was a – there was a what's the word uh, clause with the producer that that Michael Myers couldn't die, mm. and she's like because she thought it would be a cool ending. Again, looking at just the first one and this one, and like she mm. kills him in the end. And then yeah. anyway, it's pretty funny. I'll put it on the gram. She's a good egg, man. Mm. Big fan. Big fan. Indeed. Indeed. Anyway, what do we fuck? What are we doing next week? I guess we're going to Van Dam because we're overdue. Actually. Yeah. It's,
1: it's um I it think it's with double team with with Dennis Rodman. Yeah. That'll be a lol. Yeah. Going for a, gonna horror be of a comedy.
2: I can't wait. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I pumped can't for that actually. Wait. So, I'm not sure where wait. it's available on um, the streamers, but uh, we can flag yeah. it. This one is on Stan Stan if you're in Australia. Yeah. Halloween too. Yeah, tour. it's
2: on Stan. Get around it, guys. Get in the Halloween the spirit. Yeah, little stabby it's, stabby.
1: Share a, a, a pumpkin spiced latte with Tristan.
2: Yeah, have you ever had one of those?
1: No, they don't have them here. No, it's an American thing.
2: See you next week. Bye. Cheerio.
1: Cheerio.